0: Well, good morning grace church anybody glad to be in the house of the lord today would you clap your hands to the lord and let's praise him thank the lord thank the lord it's great to see all of you here today you may be seated it's great to see all of you and thank you today so much for coming and uh, being here on campus with us those of you watching live stream and facebook live we're glad to have you here with us today as well And we're expecting great things in the Holy Ghost today. Amen. Thank the Lord. Just anticipating God showing up and doing some marvelous, marvelous things. Those of you that were here Wednesday night will remember that uh, we announced that we would be honoring a very special, special group of people here today. And uh, we want to open our service with that this morning. And uh, it's what we call our JV Serve Team. It's a junior varsity serve team. I have a list here of 25 of our young people, kind of junior high, high school age, that are deeply, deeply involved in Grace Church and everything that it does. Uh, They are involved in Sunday school. Some of them are involved with the nursery, with kids' church. Some of them are involved with uh, responsibilities here in the main sanctuary, including sound and media some of them help as greeters Um, this past wednesday night we've learned that we now have a jv serve team band that we're really pumped about if you've not seen that you need to go back and watch it but they were our musicians wednesday night and did a phenomenal job we love our young people they're 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 great people we love their parents their parents are so supportive which is why i believe our our young folks here today just so amazing why don't all of our JV team you know who you are if you'll stand today we'd like to give you some honor and appreciation we're thankful for your commitment and your love to Grace Church folks let's give them some appreciation shall we and since you are stay standing and uh, since you are officially a part of the jv serve team of grace church our serve team we have a very nice t-shirt for you that you get to take home and it's called call to serve on the front of it and grace church jv serve team on the back of it so we're going to just hand these out just as kindly and uh, just as real easy as we can kind of like that and so you just catch them and do your best and just do that and that and that and uh, we'll keep doing that and like that and um, how many more do we need? Who don't have one? Anybody? You don't get two, son. You just sit right there in church at 5th. Uh, anybody else? Y'all got to pay attention over there now. You might get hit in the head with one of them. Uh, well, that one all the way to the back I can't now I could have done that for crying out loud (laughs) throw that back to the media booth brother Henry (laughs) there it goes there we go so is that everybody if that's not your size uh, we have lots of different sizes feel free to bring it back And we'll give you the size that you need. We love y'all very much. Y'all are doing a great job. And thank you for loving the kingdom. Thank you for loving Grace Church. Amen. Thank the Lord. And if somebody's not here today, we'll certainly get their shirt to them. Probably in a little different way than we just did, y'all. But that's just our way of saying we love you and we think you're wonderful. Thank the Lord. You may be seated. Let's give them some appreciation one more time as Brother Dave comes.
1: Well, praise the Lord, Grace Church. Are you having a good time in church this morning so far? Amen. Amen. Along with Pastor, I do welcome all of you here today. And just before we kick off our worship service, I do want to remind you of what's going on this week. Don't forget that there's Tuesday prayer this Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock here in the sanctuary. And then next Sunday, as we've been announcing, is our Baby Dedication Sunday. So if you have a baby that needs to be dedicated to the Lord, next Sunday is your Sunday. Please get that information over to the church office. And then finally, don't forget, if you're able to go, able to attend, General Conference is happening on October 5th through 8th in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, Certainly be in prayer for that meeting if you can't be there. We want to lift up our... Our organization in the broader sense and pray that God's hand would be upon us, that his direction would be there and that he would lead us. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand with us this morning? As I said, we're getting ready to go into worship. I want you to look at your neighbor and just say say to them, this is the kingdom. Yeah, the Bible, Jesus prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I've just got a feeling that maybe this is what he had in mind. A local assembly fulfilling the mission of Jesus Christ, reaching their community, lifting up God, lifting up his praises, and and fulfilling his will, not my will, but thine be done. I believe today that we're in the middle of kingdom come. And so with that in mind, I'm going to ask you just to clap your hands, lift your voice, and let's worship with the praise team today. God bless you, Grace Church.
2: I can do anything, I can do all things, cause it's you who gives me strength, nothing is impossible But they don't know you like we do. There is power. to not go heavenly place
0: you here today. While you remain standing for a moment, there's a couple of things that I need to bring to you to uh, have us collectively pray about together in just a moment. I would like for us to remember uh, the Buller family in Cincinnati. The Bullers have been here uh, numerous times visiting, uh, pastored in Cincinnati for a number of years. And, um uh, uh that's uh, Leroy Nevlin Buller. it's my aunt and uncle uh, brother Bullard passed away uh, several days ago and um, heaven has gained an awesome person and we've lost an awesome person he was in so many ways he was my mentor he, he and her both were they're just amazing people there's not enough accolades I can give them here today uh, they've helped us they've listened to us they've counseled us through the years and uh, I owe him a debt of gratitude that I'll never be able to pay I'd appreciate you praying for sister Buller their daughter Kim and her family Uh, doesn't matter how young or old a person is when you lose them it hurts it stings really really bad and they need your prayer and also I just found out this morning that uh, Joyce Lawrence passed away yesterday and uh we'll be having her funeral probably towards the end of the week maybe the first part of next week we'll get word out to everybody about sister lauren she was so loved one of the sweetest people that i know and uh, let's pray for her family i talked to gail this morning let's pray for them that god would certainly be with them during this time of loss. hey we're going through some challenging times right now and we all know that But God is still on the throne. Yes, He is. He's not going down in defeat. He's not going anywhere. He's still got the church in the palm of His hand. And uh, heaven has grown by leaps and bounds over the past 18 months. And it hurts all of us when we hear about the loss of saints of God, ministers that are so stalwart and what have you. But um, I believe if the book is right, we're all going to be together more sooner than later anyway. And I believe that with all of my heart. Let's pray for these folks right now, shall we? Jesus, we love you. We're thankful for the privilege, the opportunity to come and bring these needs to you. Uh, You know the heart of men and women better than anybody else. You know how it feels to hurt. You know how difficult these things are to bear. We pray for the bullers this morning. We pray, God, that you would minister to them. I pray, God, that you would comfort them We pray for the Lawrence family. Be with them through this time of bereavement, sadness, of loss. I pray, God, that the Spirit of the Lord would walk beside them, stand with them, and let the presence of God reach. We ask these things in the beautiful name of Jesus. And everybody say amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Well, it's our privilege and honor today to have my brother and his sweet wife with him today, Brother Tom and Sister Lona Murphy. We're so glad they're here and uh, uh, I have a lot of respect for my brother uh, he's very sensitive to the Holy Ghost he's plugged into the Holy Ghost if you will he's uh, used mightily and the Word of God he's an excellent excellent preacher I'm glad they're here today I've been looking forward to whatever it is that he has to say I know it'll be amazing so would you welcome them him as they come to speak today and let the spirit of the lord have his way can we give him a good welcome as he comes to repentance?
3: thank you pastor let's give the lord the hand of praise today thank you heavenly god bless your hallowed and holy name lord let strength reign in this house today the power and the grace of the almighty god we're so thankful to be here today so grateful you allowed us to come your pastor, and his wife, and there is none better. Well, three people agreed with me. I said there's none better. Now we're up to eight, amen. Praise God. So glad to be here today. I'm thankful that my wife is with me, amen. She's always uh, a strength and a comfort to me. She's always a word of wisdom. See, brethren, that's the way you say things about your wife. You don't say, she's the one that keeps me in line. Did y'all learn, brethren? Amen. You got it. Amen. I'm so glad to see my favorite sister here today. Amen. Y'all call her Claudine or Sister Claudine. We call her Bud. So that's the way that goes. And she's my favorite because it's the only one we got. Amen. I love her dearly. Amen. And I'm so glad to see our friends, Bobby and Debbie Bennett, with us. Wonderful, wonderful people. They drove all the way from the large metropolis of St. Francisville to be with us today, and we're thankful that they're here. They've always been a blessing to our lives, and we're grateful. Amen. But well, we're glad to be with y'all. Amen. I want to ask you a question. The Lord impressed on my heart some weeks ago, and I know you've been standing for a while. I'm going to let you sit until about two or three. No, it'll be way shorter. How can we expect to hear the trumpet if we don't listen to the voice of God? If you can't hear the voice of God, how are we going to hear the trumpet? Oh, my word. And I began to think about that, and God has things for people today. And so I was praying about miracles. Do you ever pray about miracles? I was praying about miracles, and the Lord said to me these words Did you realize that mercy escorts every miracle? Faith causes the miracle, but the miracles will not come without the mercy of God on us oh Lord that's that's just anyway that's just the way it is and I have one more nugget that I want to give you anybody here ever fight the devil Satan not just a devil the devil Satan they sang the song and it really got a hold of my heart the Bible says I, he gives us power to tread over the serpent the scorpion and all the power of the enemy. And then while he was saying that, he was talking to me about something else too. So the devil is your sidewalk to success. You just walk on him, and you'll get where you need to be. That's the way you do it. Well, he said, over the serpent and the scorpion, the scorpion stings, which infects the blood, and life is in the blood. So when you're stung, you got to be careful what you say. What you think, what you pray. Is that okay? All right. I just feel the Holy Ghost up in this house today. I promised myself that I was not going to minister to anyone today, but I feel a need to do something because we're going to preach totally different. Can I do this? Is that okay? Young lady, can I pray for you? You're battling some tremendous emotional It's just horrible how sometimes it's like a whirlwind within your mind and your spirit. I don't know you I've never I, I, you know I think I've seen you here before I don't know you but it's like a whirlwind I saw it was like a tornado within your mind and you can't get it to shut down. The Lord's going to place that totally out. And peace is going to come to your mind, your spirit, and your heart. Father, in the name of the living Jesus, right now, the Comforter, In the name of Jesus, let your blood be applied. The life is going to be restored to her mind, but it will be done in peace and in comfort. She'll have rest. She'll have sleep. She will be blessed beyond measure because you have taken control and she gives you, oh Lord, the right to work in her life, in her spirit, and in her heart. In the name of Jesus, it's done right now. In Jesus' name, let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That we have been privileged and honored to preach since the days in Baker, the old church in Baker. We preached. The Lord's allowed us to be used in ministry, but today He's changing some things. Other than her, I'm going to minister to only two people today. I want to read a portion of Scripture. How many of you have the Holy Ghost? That's not a trick question. you got the Holy Ghost. Is it an amazing gift? It's an amazing gift. Wow. How many gifts did God give you? Just the Holy Ghost, that's all? No. We have the gifts of the Spirit. We're not getting into that today. But the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, verse 15, the Lord shows us a gift that we neglect so often in our churches. I hope you young people grasp this and save it for the I will give you pastors according to my heart. According to his plan, his heart, his mind, he gives you pastors. Hello, somebody. It's quiet right now. And they're going to feed you with two things, knowledge and understanding. Sometimes we get knowledge and we don't have the understanding. So the Lord had to put them together. I know two plus two is four. Man, my math education is phenomenal. Two plus two is four. But I don't understand all the numerical nuances and all that make all that that these folks talk about. And that's where understanding comes in. Sometimes we know stuff, but we don't understand stuff. How many of you know every intrinsic detail of how the engine in your vehicle works, some of us don't even know where the battery is. I had to change a battery on my car and found out it was under the back seat. What are y'all thinking? It goes under the hood. It's been that way since my brother was young in 1913. When, no, I'm kidding. I want to also read another portion of scripture. Because we've got to have understanding. I want to show you what Jesus did in Luke chapter 4. And I think I gave them verse 18 to start at. But I want to start at verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. See, now Jesus had knowledge, but he had understanding. You want to be like him? Two people. Really? I'm sorry, I'm not a cheerleader. Found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And He closed the book. And he gave it again to the minister, and he sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Oh, my word. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever you've heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And I'm going to preach for just a few moments today, ministering to your pastor. Boy, y'all are really quiet now. What did I do? I feel like I'm pulling a tooth without anesthesia. I'm going to tell you today, we come to church to be ministered to, but you also need to minister to others. And typically, the least ministered to individuals in in a church congregation is the pastor. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Brother Bunch, would you do the... So I won't get in trouble. I'm probably going to never get to come back and preach, so enjoy. Would you help me? He's going to escort the first lady of this church to the platform to sit by her husband. They have no clue what's going on. I don't talk to a preacher and say, do you want me to preach this, preach that? No. no. Uh-uh, I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost. Is that okay? Now, she's going to come up here. I want to start with something right here. Is this okay so far? Yes. You're going to have to bring her up here by her husband. I'm so thankful for all these young people in this church that are musically inclined and gifted, and that we have young men like Brother David Bunch that's just amazing, preacher, teacher, awesome young man. Now I want to show you something. When you talk about the pastor, you're talking about two individuals that are one. She bears the load as much as he does. Yeah, he does the preaching. He's on the forefront and all that. But she bears the load. They became one. So they're one not only in marriage but in purpose and in destiny. That's why we say what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Because once men get involved, everything goes downhill from there. It's got to be God in ministry. And these two are one. That's why she's up here today. Don't be mad at me. I'm following the Holy Ghost. You take it out on God. <laughs> what we don't understand how many of you here are pastored except for Brother Bennett and Sister Bennett? Anybody else pastor? You pastored? Oh yeah, I know you do. You're happy to be in the pasture. <laughs> when I read this scripture, Jesus Christ, by the way, he went to church. did you notice that? The Bible said he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as his custom was. He went to church. Some people go once a month. (laughs) That does a lot of good. Just checking. The Bible said he went, and he stood up, and he began to read the words, and he just simply said, This day the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. After he read the scripture, all he did was identify himself with the word. When was the last time you identified yourself with the word of God? When you read something that says you are an overcomer, yeah, I am. Because the Bible said so. We just sang the song and it pretty much says what the Bible says. His word is forever settled. You can't change this. You can try to make it your opinion. You can fit whatever you want. You can twist it, turn it, but it's the way God said it and the way God means it, and that's all that's important. Somebody had it on Facebook. When God wrote the word of the Lord and put it in everybody's heart, he didn't ask my opinion. There's a few times I wished he had, but he didn't. Because he's perfect. Now I want you to see in the very first verse of the fourth chapter, the Bible said that Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost, but he was led into the wilderness. Why would you be full of the Holy Ghost and have to go to the wilderness? He was tempted personally by Satan, not a demon, but by Satan Not once or twice or three times, for 40 days and 40 nights, he contended with the enemy. And sometimes I say, God, you know what I've been through, and (laughs) I just got to get this heavenly chuckle out of him. Oh, yeah, it was a lot but then. Mm -hmm. The Bible says then that the temptation lasted for the 40 days. And he was fasting for 40 days. And then the temptation emptied I mean end, ended for a season, just a period of time, which means it's going to reoccur. The word temptation literally means look up the definition, if you'd like a trial definitely designed to lead to wrongdoing. Oh, but pastors don't go through. I'm smiling. Unless you've never pastored, you don't know. The Bible teaches us he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and gain fame throughout the region. Pastor, the Lord whispered a word to me standing right over there. And he said to tell you to prepare for multiplication in this church. It won't be addition, it won't be subtraction, it will not be division, it's going to be multiplication. And you better prepare quickly. Our pastor at home was preaching one night and he said the word chaos. And you know that the Lord deals with me in acronyms, and immediately it came to me, Brother Bennett, Christ healing all our sicknesses. See, that's what the devil calls chaos. And that's what God calls opportunity for miracles. All of this with COVID is an opportunity to show what God's going to do when the enemy thinks he's got it done and over with. He kept the children of Israel in Egypt for 400 years, but he couldn't stop the plan of God. And it took a man to walk up and say, God sent me here. Okay, Moses, let's follow him. If you'll follow this man and this woman, you'll see things you've never seen before. Give the Lord a hand of praise. I'm going to move on quickly through the notes because I feel the Holy Ghost doing the work. Verse 23 is so outstanding. We see a pastor go through things. We know it. We sense it. We feel it. And we say, Physician, heal yourself. Oh, you pray for people. They get well. They get healed. Miracles come. Oh, you're in a problem? Just heal yourself. That's not what God meant for us to ever do. We are supposed to help one another. We're supposed to love one another. Support one another assist each other pick them up when they're down we don't say oh just go handle it your own self the bible says with two or three would agree together you know what the issue is we'll bear one another's burdens but we omit the agreement part if we will learn to agree With pastors praying, he's got a vision. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to support the vision. I'm going to stay with him because he's got the mind of God. You are saying you're preaching this because that's your brother. I'm not. I'm preaching this under the sovereign will of the Almighty God
2: this morning.
3: Am I the only one here who feels the Holy Ghost? Oh, my word, the Holy Ghost is here in life and strength. You probably never heard a sermon like this because it's not a sermon, it's a message. Two different things. He spoke so eloquently, but he's just a carpenter's son. Well, this is the son of a man that worked for a dry cleaner. 17 years, six days a week, didn't miss a day of work. That doesn't make it where God can't use him. He gave them some examples, Jesus did, of healing. They rushed and grabbed him, took him out to the pinnacle of the city, was going to throw him down and kill him, and miraculously he escaped. God always has a plan of escape for the man of God. Look what happened when he got back to Capernaum. He was rejected by his people. He cast out devils. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. That's amazing when the Lord can heal a man's mother. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had the greatest mother-in-law ever. He cast out devils. He healed more sick people. And What did Brother Bunch say a little bit ago? Jesus just said, I must preach the kingdom. the Lord just kept giving me little things along the way. The total point of the fourth chapter of the book of Luke has two meanings to it. It describes the example that Jesus gave of what a pastor is and how much compassion he has for the needs of the people of God. But it also reflects the people's insensitivity to the needs of the pastor when he said, you're going to say to me, physician, heal yourself. I thank God for the people in this church. He'll mention so-and-so call, I don't know, or someone in the church and we went to get a bite to eat. You don't know what that means to me. Thank you all for doing that. Why don't you give yourselves a hand? How does a pastor feel? Well, Jeremiah was a great pastor, wasn't he? Nobody would vote him in in the UPC. He prophesied 40 years and didn't convert a single person. We'd have called him a miserable failure. God said, write two books and I'll put them in the Bible. See, God looks at it totally different than the way we do. So Jeremiah must have been in a little bit of a state of depression. He said, Jeremiah 8 and 18, when I would comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint in me. I want to bring comfort to my own self. I've got sorrow. He was known as the weeping prophet. But my heart can't stand anymore, it's going to faint in me. I can't put any more into it how much do we demand of a pastor two funerals this week our pastor recently had three or four in one week due to COVID and all that well what there's, what a lot of this does is created fear anybody believe that well fear is false evidence appearing real God's got us in his hand You see, when Jeremiah said that, that indicated that there is limits of self-healing. How many of you can heal yourself? Well, I'll just call the pastor and he'll pray. How often do we check on the pastor? How you doing? I wanted to know I've been praying for you. I was up in the night praying for you, pastor. Amen, Brother Murphy. Amen. Thank you, church. Somebody called one time when we were pastoring and said, I want to buy a car, help me pray, what kind of car should I get? I'm going to give you that answer so you don't have to call your pastor and ask him. Get one you can afford. <laughs> then you won't watch a record truck, tow it off one night. That, that's a simple answer. That's not, you know, if you want to pray about your car... And all things pray. I agree with that and understand. But you don't call your pastor for advice and counsel because if it falls through, you know who you're going to blame? And then you're going to want to change churches because he's not real whatever. I'm smiling. I pastored. Well, we pastored four churches? No, we pastored three and refereed another one. Jeremiah goes on in chapter 9, verse 2. Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place of wayfaring men that I might leave my people and go from them. Brother and Sister Bennett pastored. There were days they didn't even want to go to church. (laughs) Really a pastor? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know the weight unless you've been there. Is there anybody here that's an accountant? I know y'all got about 50 of these computer guru people. You saw I brought my iPad. Yeah, that's my iPad. That's what I preach from. That's the only iPad. I promised all my kids and great kids one year I was going to buy them an iPad for Christmas. They were so excited. So you just go to Walmart, get one of them little iPads. It goes right And then they were not very happy anymore. There are computer gurus up here. Brother Chris Watley just, mm. this guy could could run IBM in my opinion. But I'm going to tell you something. Unless you know the stress of that job, you don't know how he feels. Unless you know the stress of a mechanic's job, you don't know how they feel. The carpenter. What about this man right here? Do you know the stress for him and her? It's phenomenal. And you know the great thing is, is if you're repairing a car and it cranks up and runs good and keeps running, then you see the results. No, you invest, you invest, and you invest in people. They come, they go, they do whatever, and you don't see. You can't stand back and say, oh, man, I feel great. Look what I've accomplished. If a computer goes down, they can see that it's running again. I'm bored the fire out of some of y'all. I feel like I'm, I'm drilling oil, but I'm preaching good. You see, when Jeremiah said that, it was not a case of quitting, but it was a realization of the pastor's own human needs. There are days I watch our pastor, and I wish I had the money to say, take a seven, fourteen-day cruise, whatever. Don't take your phone. I don't know how we did it in the fifties. You get on the phone when it rang, and there was some woman on the old party line yakking about two neighbors that were listening in secretly, so they could accuse. Come on, y'all. You ain't old enough. If you, you know, some of you kids ain't got. You got that phone, and mm, some of y'all gonna end up marrying your phone. And I guarantee you, he will not perform that ceremony. But when the pastor meets his needs, do we ask the question, what about his stress factor? What about his tension? What about his normal human anxieties? He didn't ask me to preach this. I'm following the Holy Ghost. What about that? Do we ever just call And pastor, I'm praying, a simple text, I'm praying for you today. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost working. You see, Jeremiah had a fantasy of escape from the stress of the ministry. But a true pastor that's a gift from God doesn't run when it gets hard. They stand toe-to-toe with Satan. Oh, God, help me. You You see, it's against the crush of reality that the pastor remembers the commission and the calling God gave him, and it stirs his sense of being what he's supposed to be and becoming what God wants him to be. I look at verse 18 of the text. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay, why? Because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor in spirit. That meant that their hearts were literally ripped out of them. They didn't know where they were going and there was no hope. That's who he preaches to. Have you ever come to church and you felt like you weren't going to make it tomorrow? Have you ever laid awake at night and said, God, I can't deal with this anymore? And he feels that because God's ministering and it's you and you and you and you. And it gets multiplied many, many times and we don't take the time to minister. We just say, physician, heal yourself. I don't think you've ever heard a message like this, have you? He sent me to preach the gospel to the poor in spirit, to heal the brokenhearted. How does he do it? By knowledge and understanding. He sees your spirit. He's got to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to those that are spiritually blind set at liberty those that have been crushed that's his responsibility he can't take it lightly but then some people in some churches not here will say heal yourself you took care of me go do it for your own self but it's in pursuit of fulfilling that call that he has as pastor that came direct from god And it's shared with Jesus Christ that he enters into the arena of human suffering. Two funerals this week. He'll be in the arena of death. Dealing with people who are broken now. Lonely. Parts of them are gone. Their heart is touched beyond measure. And you know what? Some people walk by and say, man, you did good. Heal yourself. Oh, God, help me to preach this. Is this okay? Yes. Two people, is this okay? Yes. You see, there's a relative fulfillment of the call that causes him to maintain the level of motivation that he has in the face of pressure and stress factor that's inevitably involved in the continued confrontation of, of the powers of darkness. It's not just the emotions of people. It's not just the ideas of people. It's not just the words that come from people. It's the devil himself. You're not gonna make it. You're unworthy. You're gonna lose out. You're not successful. God's not with you. I've heard all these voices. I've heard those words. And it happened over and over again. And then he comes to church with a smile on his face to deliver a word from God. If somebody comes by and says, I don't like what you preached, well, take it up with God. God put it on his heart. These are two of the most honest people I've encountered in my life. They're not going to lead you the wrong way. Keep preaching the truth, stay on the old paths. Stay on the old paths. Did you know the pastors human? Now I'm talking about both of them. Did y'all know they're human? Oh no, they're not. They're supernatural. No, they're not. They're human beings just like you. Intentions exist because he has an obligation to God, his family, and the church, and that's the correct order. It's called the principle of first. God was first. Then he put a family on the earth. And then he established a church, God family church. Amen. Hello. Amen. 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 Did you notice that God had two children in the Garden of Eden and both of them backslid? We'd call God a failure. He can't pastor a church. Everybody in church backslid. Hmm. You want to take that up with him? I don't. You know why? He feels this way because it's obvious that he ministers to mankind in the complex state of sin and sickness and resistance to the grace of God. There's some people, you could hit them in the head with a sledgehammer and pour it in them, and they're still going to rebel enough to do it their way or no way. Well, I went to the pastor for the answer. He didn't give me the one I wanted, so he's wrong. Well then why bother to go to start with? Save yourself the trip. Hello. So a major source of stress develops in the pastor, and he neglects his own human limitations, his own needs, and the task that's set before him in life to take care of wounded, hurt, disheveled people. He faces the stress of mental and physical. Overextension, and the intense emotional investment is there because he cares for other people. Did you know the number one cause of death in the ministry is heart problems? You know what killed Jesus? Oh, it was nails and stripe. No, it wasn't. He died of a broken heart. The only way water and blood comes out of the cavity of the body is because the heart exploded. That's medically proven. So he does that because he cares. There are few tangible natures of his work that he can measure his success with. He's continually in this self-conscious state that gives him a new inner-directed dimension of stress. And it puts him more in touch with his own needs, his own issues in life, and that like two funerals, he's more in touch with that than the people that won't be at the funerals. Standing by the bedside of a sick person, he's more in touch. Listening to somebody as they tell issues in their life, and their children are not going the right direction, and they don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, this thing pops in his mind, how are my kids doing? You know what? It put that light on there brighter than it's ever been before. And so what happens is that breeds guilt, condemnation, and needless, self-inflicted emotional mutilation. Brother Terry says, man, I'm just not cutting it. I only got to visit three people today. I got to do better. But, you know, my grandkid had a birthday, and I had to be here too. But no, I can't be because I got to be over here at my doctor's. No, I can't do that today either because I got to do whatever. You see what I'm talking about? You experience it for yourself and your family. He experiences it for himself, his family, and a church family. And it gets multiplied and it becomes larger. I do not know how in the world Moses pastored three million people. I guarantee you, he did not counsel each one individually. You know how long that would have taken? Three million days. That's a long time. And all of those meals, they'd have to cook so he could stay there. I know a family that got mad at their pastor because he didn't come to their family reunion. He wasn't kin to you. What do you need to be there for? Well, whatever. Moving right along. I'm about to close here in just a moment. The stress factors come in and we say pretty much, "Pastor, what you did at church do at home." Is this all right? You know what, when he hears things like that, the commission and the compassion and the confusion permeate his consciousness. And then he loses sight of what he's supposed to fulfill for the kingdom of God. The kingdom. There are times when he's expected to be a super spiritual hero. How many of you saw him in his cape last Sunday? I didn't think so. He's not one. I used to have one of those capes. Mom would put a tile around us in the safety pin here so we could be Superman. When we were kids. It's not true when you're an adult. I want to challenge this church to hear this statement and to put it to use. You cannot abdicate nor abandon your discipleship and critically analyze his failure to fulfill the expression of his ministry, his callings, and his giftings, because he knows his priorities. You don't. The pastor has two types of stress when they care for other people. I'm ministering today. Yeah, I'm not praying for people and all that, but I'm ministering. One is chronic overextension, and the other one is he will neglect the needs, tasks, and crises that are appropriate to his age and his stage of life. So the challenge to heal himself carries the power of guilt and anxiety, and it serves to undermine his self-confidence. So we reach the question, who heals the helper? You do. Why are y'all so quiet? We usually rockin' and all this. But it's you that heals the helper. Now I've said helper in the singular because both of them are that. So I want you to ask yourself a few questions and I'll go through them quickly. Ask yourself, am I too critical? Well, I don't like the new lights. Well, wear your sunglasses. It's too cold in the church. Bring a blanket. It's too hot. Bring a fan. I can tell you, y'all never went to church where there's no air conditioning. I've been to one brush arbor in my life, and I was so happy when it was over. There wasn't enough off in this state to keep the mosquitoes away in Falls River. What about this one? Do I seek needless counseling? Should I wear my black shoes or brown shoes on Sunday? Why don't you wear the ones that fit and comfortable? I'm not going down the road I was going to, but I'm not. Do I pray for my pastor to be the best pastor there is? Oh, God, hurry up, move him. No, you don't pray that. God... You gave me a gift just like you gave me the Holy Ghost, and it's called pastor. And let him be the very best pastor there ever was. I'm going to ask a question we should ask ourselves every morning. Am I selfish? You take my last piece of mayonnaise cake with that double fudge icing on it, and you're going to find out if I'm selfish or not. My wife said the other night, I'd love a piece of that cake with ice cream on it. You don't know how much it took for me to rise out of my chair and walk to. I was just going to give her ice cream with no cake and just say, I'm trying to help you with your calorie intake and your sugar. But I knew that that, she wasn't going to buy that. So you know what? You might as well get up and get the cake and the ice cream. Are we selfish? Pastor I need you today I need you tomorrow I need you to do this I need you to do that What about the rest of everybody else? They need him too And there's only one of him You know what you need to learn? You need to learn the miracle Of mathematical management That's where you divide yourself And multiply your time Now y'all try that one There's enough for two of me But don't you even touch that Am I concerned about his schedule? Hmm. Do I feel jealous when he has some time off? Do I begrudge him prosperity? No, let's buy him a 1914 Ford and let him ride all over town in it and then everybody will think he's humble. No, they'll think the church is cheap. Y'all never ask him to do that. That's just an example. Jesus drove a Ford. The Bible said he walked everywhere he went. I'm kidding. That's bad. Do I consider his feelings? I want to talk to him about something. Do you consider how he feels? Well, he came to church with this migraine headache. It wasn't your grain. It was migraine. He comes to that, to church, and he preaches his guts out. And I just got to talk to him about what kind of gravy I should serve with jasmine rice. Look up Cajun Ninja. He'll straighten you out. Do I realize that he's on call 24-7? When he comes and brings the message from God, do you think about it that he wrestled Satan to get a word for you? He fought and struggled to put together a message that could potentially keep us from hell that could help our children go the right way. And how can you be spiritually fed if you don't show, show up for church? That's the worst preacher I ever heard. Well, he only come every three months. How could he be the worst? Let me ask you this. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Am I aware of the burden my pastor carries for me? Yeah, believe me, they carry a burden for you. They pray it, they seek it. Am I telling the truth today? I'm gonna need the musicians to come. Remember his birthday, remember anniversaries, and I'm gonna bring up a sore point here because I have no clue what I'm talking about. But have you helped him plan for retirement? I preached for one of the most wonderful preachers in the entire United Pentecostal Church International for a month, and I preached along these lines. And I said, it's amazing when a pastor retires We give him a gold watch and say, enjoy the rest of your life. He came to me after service, and he was in a church at at that time, ran about 900. He said, when I left my last pastorate, they said, just enjoy yourself, and here, we have a gift for you, and it was a gold watch. That's it. But you'll work for a company that you want benefits from. He's scared to death right now, <laughs> I can tell y'all. He doesn't know what I'm preaching. He's thinking, oh God, do not he shut up? He's never coming back. <laughs> what are you doing to make their life easier? You know, they're getting older. Not everybody stays perpetually young like my wife and myself. I'm now seventy one. I don't feel it. I don't look it. I look twenty-eight. I've had cataracts for thirty years, but no, I'm kidding. But they're not as young as they used to be when they first came. Everything's different now. They need you. Thank you, Brother Tier, for all you do. Dave Bunch, thank you for everything, Brother Cooper. Thank y'all for what you do. This is the kind of people, and you are the kind of people that they need. You know what? prayed for this young lady because the Holy Ghost moved on me too I could have done that I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet but the Bible said the spirit of the prophet subject to the prophet as a preacher I could have preached something else but God said this is what this church needs today there's going to be a time when they're going to pass the mantle just like Elijah left it for Elisha and then what are we going to do then Well, y'all come to church. We love you. Let me ask you one more question. Do I fast and pray like I should? Do I fast and pray like I should? I got to take notes out of my Bible. I won't, but I I'm going to look very quickly at two scriptures and I'm going to be done. Galatians chapter 6 verse number 10. How many of you believe the word of God? You believe it's not in error, it's true. As we have therefore opportunity let us do good unto all men especially unto them who are then the wise man, Solomon, in chapter 3, verse 27, makes a very, very simple statement. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do. it." Don't withhold good from them. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I don't know what Sister Casey may have planned. This plan's fine. But I'm going to ask your pastor to come stand right here in front of this pulpit, right out here. Hey, yeah, I, I'm in charge right now. I do what I tell you. Come right over here. And you're the younger brother, I'm the older I'd like for the ministry team to come. All of you, God, gentlemen, I want you to come. No, face, your, face your congregation, please. I love this young man and this young lady. He's like a brother to me. He is my brother, and I love him. And he's placed his heart and soul into this church. Paula has put her life I know men of God that would love to be pastoring this church, but they couldn't because they don't know you like these people. And there are pastors that aren't good pastors. And there are churches that are not good churches. Fortunately, this is the best church with the best pastor. You just can't do it any better than this. I would like for you, brethren, to come and stand on each side I want you to help me pray for them. And then we're going to do something a little bit different. stand right here. I'm going to ask the church to stretch forth your hands to your pastor. just Does anybody besides me feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now? It's amazing what I feel. There's a shift in the spirit. I know your grandsons, I respect that, but they've been here a lot longer than you two. Put together. These are sweet boys. Baby, I want you in love. Y'all come by and tell them how much you love them church, I want you to follow in behind Joseph It's Just come by and greet your pastor. Don't spend a lot of time or we'll be here at three o'clock. Just come by and greet your pastor and his wife. Tell them you love them. Tell them the truth. You love him. Amen. God bless you too.